I start? Welcome to another episode of Everything Cool. We're in a very familiar place. You know, we've been here before. The last time we was here, it was a very powerful part. But this is going to be, I think, even super powerful. <laughs> so today we have, I have joining with me, my good friend, Carsonic. Call my Carsonic. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Okay, okay. Well, we know who the true guest of honor is today. We have Mr. Rodney Monker. How you doing, Senator? Well, I'm fine, and I thank you for this invitation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this episode, um, we are brought to you by Chosen Few Productions International, who helps us with you know producing the show, as well as we have some assistance today from Sorry Lace Productions. As and then also. We got coffee donated by Cough Tea Cafe on Farrington Road, and which, you know, I really love that shop. I've been going there probably almost every week since about probably five, six weeks ago. So, you know, shout out Cough Tea, shout out Sarah Lee, shout out Chosen Few Productions. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. You have any first, let me get. You want to ask? What you want to ask? Let me let you get it out the way. What you want to ask? No, I mean, I'll, I'll ask something later on. <laughs> all right. Um, hopefully, by the end of this, you come to agreement with all commas, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, Mr. Monka, so tell me, like, take us through, um, you know, growing up in Black Village. Like, I never knew there was a place in Nassau called Black Village until I started um, watching your show. So... Tell us about like growing up in Black Village and how you got into, um, you know, coming up as a young man and you know, getting into activism and then you know, um, and we'll just take it from there. Well, Black Village is located ge- geographically in the Beanstown um, community. The African name for Black Village is Counterbuta. Counterbuta. Yes, and mm. so. That is what the African name is for the neighborhood that I live in. And it was in the late 60s, early 70s, that a number of young men became politically conscious, but yet lack an appreciation for the African name, Counter And in their revolutionary fervor, they renamed the community Black Village. Mm. That having done, I ensure the perpetuation of the name. Mm. Um, I'm not taking full credit for it, but I'm mm. saying that to the extent that I was able to, I ensure the perpetuation of the new revolutionary name Black Village, notwithstanding that I'd never forgot the African name, Contra Buta, mm. and the Older people of Bainstown, they always refer to us as the counter-booter people. Mm. And these were many people who were short, almost midget size. Um, A lot of people who did jumping dance. So you're talking about a period of the 50s, 60s, early 70s lack of street lights, but culturally, people love gathering and doing jumping dance. So jumping dance, you catch a little fire, you get your goat skin drum, mm-hmm. and you 
dance. Man take one and satisfy, woman take two, you take two, boom. Mm-hmm. And you dance up and down and so forth. Okay. So, fun fact. So that's the name. Mm-hmm. And my maternal family, they moved into the Bainstown area in the latter part of the late 30s, early 40s. And by 1946, my paternal grandparents, the late John Cox and Evelyn Clark Cox, they got a crown grant a lot in Uh the community. Okay. So we're talking about November 13, 1946, and then by November 30, 1956, I was born. Interesting. um, I came from a family on my mother's side that was extremely political. Okay. Um, My grandparents were members and supporters of the United Bohemian Party, UBP. And so as a young child, I attended many UBP conventions. And so coming from a family that was extremely political, well then I was indoctrinated by their political position. And as the years evolved, I then established my own political ideology. Thus, looking at the country, not being pleased with many of the things that I saw, I then sought to participate in political activism. And the first time that I took to the streets, I joined the late member of parliament for the Coconut Grove constituency, as it was known, the late Edmund Spencer Moxie, who I think in 1974 had organized a march from then Jumbe Village, which is now located where the National Insurance main office is on okay. Rural Road. Mm-hmm. That was a cultural center that Interesting. Moxie had established. Him and Pendon had a series of clashes, and one of Pendon's final acts was the assault on the cultural center, raising it to the ground. And there was a museum which Edmund Moxie had spearheaded, where thousands of students joined in sponsoring the construction of this auditory museum. So in the process, all of that was raised to the ground. Well, by 1974, Edmund Moxie, who was then the member of parliament for Coconut Grove and the PLP representative, organized a march from Jumbe Village to Bay Street in protest of what he called the economic, social, and cultural plight of the masses. Mm. Once he announced it, I then announced that since he will be passing Black Village, because he would have been coming from Jombe Village, heading north yeah. along Blue Hill Road, that me and my colleagues, or better description, me and my boys, will be waiting mm-hmm. <laughs> and we will join him. Okay. And so as he marched, we had our placards, we joined the march, and we headed to Bay Street where there was this um, major protest against pending and the PLP. And as Edmund Moxie described it, the economic plight, the economic, the social, the cultural plight of the masses. So we protest. 
that then launched my first march on the streets of New Providence, and I've not stopped marching since on various social, political, and economic issues. Okay, so that makes, that brings more clarity to me where, um, you know, you always would say you're not as well educated as some of the top politicians, but you know you're politically savvy. I'm more educated than all of them. Yeah, no, I mean like going to school and, you know. I'm more educated than all of them. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't be, don't, 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 don't explain. All right. (laughs) So, you know, that, um, you know, just doing their general research, you know, uh, coming across some of your feats where, whether it be, you know, you was protesting at R.M. Bailey for, uh, I think, for poor classroom. In 1983, God sent rain and C.C. Sweeting leak. Hole was in the floor and the teacher fell through. Wow. The students, as they passed Black Village, they were complaining. And I heard their complaints as they passed my house. And so the revolutionary is supposed to move then to the center stage. Mm. The center stage was C.C. Sweeting. I went and I, having been a former student, I looked and I saw what the problem was. And immediately, I called a meeting of the students. One student showed up at the meeting. A lecturer at the College of the Bahamas, who was an allied, upon hearing that there was only one student showed up, he told the chief ideologist in my group Mm -hmm. that it will not work. Mm -hmm. And I told him, well, I disagree. One student came. So it will work. And so we were able to identify who the principal leaders of CC Sweeting were, and among them was Dennis Dames, the younger brother of National Security Minister Marvin Dames. Mm. And then we organized, and on the 3rd of February, 1983, we set a march from CC Sweeting, closed down the school, and marched to the parliament. That's interesting. One month later, mm-hmm. um, conditions had not improved, mm. and we decided this time, yes, sir, we will mm-hmm. close down every school. But we then identified Aaron Bailey, a Leonard Archer, who was the former principal of CC Sweeting when it opened in 1971. Mm-hmm. Um, we liaised with him and we liaised with the student leadership. And in April of 83, as Dennis James marched towards Parliament, Aaron Bailey took to the streets. Okay. And they marched to Parliament. And then we took a decision shortly thereafter that we will march to each high school and bring them into the streets. Well, a CC Sweeting student March towards AF Adderley Pending Center, the riot squad mm. that scattered them. Mm. So, <laughs> so, and they locked down AF Adley, so we were not able to get them out. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. So, with that, it's like, okay, it seems you, it's almost like you was born to be a revolutionary. Because it's like, 
you know, you started from a, you was bred into this political family, so you was somewhat indoctrinated from young. Yeah. And then you participated and learned through your younger years. And then even until you're 60 plus and you're still, yeah. you know, fighting, continue fighting for the freedoms of people, you know, people but that have been- Encourage young people. Mm -hmm. um, it is in your youth that you are strong. Yeah. And so we have to encourage young people that if they think that something is not proper or good taking place in the country, they have to think about it, meet and discuss it, and when the meeting is over, there must be a resolution, be it resolved, mm. that we shall march the Bay Street in protest. Mm. Uh, one of the problems in the country is there's a lot of idle talk, mm. a lot of idle meeting, but at the end of the meeting, there's no resolution. And there must always be, at the end of the meeting, there must always be a resolution, be it resolved, that we shall match. And in politics, it's a lot of talk, mm -hmm. but it's political action that brings changes. And an examination of the teaching of Lyndon Pinling. Pinling has taught that marching and demonstrations are necessary for political change. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm smarter than them. Mm. See, as educated as they are, they didn't study Pinling. Mm. And I studied Pinling while Pinling was in power. Mm. And in my study, I came across a document mm. which quoted him as saying that. And that became my mantra. Mm. Marching is necessary for changes. Mm. And in all world history, you will see where there is mass protests yeah i mean even going on today i think it was a mass protest in puerto rico yes these last two weeks well that is what i hope to do here in the bahamas because we have drafted a petition to the queen mm -hmm. and in the next couple of days we shall be soliciting signatures from members of the public mm -hmm. and then after they would have signed the petition we will mobilize a march to government house asking the governor general to forward the petition to Buckingham Palace. Okay, let me ask you a question, Interject. We all know the, the, the passive nature of Bahamas. Do you think Bahamans, like, fundamentally have the wherewithal, like other countries, to put everything on the line? And, you know, Bahamians do. And if you examine our history objectively, mm -hmm. you will find um, from, uh, from as recent as 1942, the Burma Road riot. Mm -hmm where um, the construction of the new airport was taking place. Um, American workers were being paid more than Bahamian workers for the same work. And Bahamians rose up and they stepped on that rocky Burma Road. Okay. And when it was all over, some Bahamians were killed. Oh, wow. And changes began. Well, the people never like emphasize some people lost their lives. I'm going to invite you to look for Randall Fox's book, okay. The Fate That Moved the Mountain. Okay. Yeah. All right. I probably need to check that out. Yeah. Because, like, you know, um, not all of our history is told by our parents, like, you know, coming up to where it's like, you know, you feel like, okay, like the Bowman Road riots happened in 1942. Right. And for me that felt like an eon ago even though that was recent history it, it, it yeah. is a long time when you take into consideration your age yeah 
But by the time you reach my age, you will realize that it wasn't too long. Yeah. All these ages, mm. like your age, and the fact that you can't concept the year you were born, when you reach my age, you'll be able to. Mm. So, because um, what I often think, um, just over the years, even recently when there has been demonstrations within the last five to seven years, I feel like in the Bahamian conscious, we just like to talk, make noise, mm -hmm. and when something don't happen the way we want it out, we just be like, I'm whatever, mind. God yeah. can deal with it, blah, 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 yeah. blah. What'd you say to that? Well, there is that belief, right, mm -hmm. that we think like that, but um, we have the saying where demonstrations that's been the, what word can I use? The staging ground to get rid of a government when Hubert Ingram sold BTC. Mm -hmm. um, in 2011, there was a great march and demonstration. Yeah, I remember that. And it culminated the year following uh, of Ingram being defeated. Mm -hmm. We saw in 2012, Ranat Hanfield and that group of shysters they <laughs> a big match and demonstration which um, helped to wreck the PLP and the PLP loss. Now, one of the problems in the society is mm. that we don't preach sufficiently the power of protest. All right? Mm. Um, I'm out to prove that we can bring the administration down but it calls for a revolutionary spirit of resistance. Mm. And Puerto Rico has demonstrated mm. it to us. Yeah. And we're seeing almost a similar thing in Hong Kong, where millions of people are rising up. And if you remember the spring um, protests in Egypt, yeah. which showed um, Culminating in yeah. a lot of changes in, in, in Egypt. So it's protests, but young people are required to be rebellious in a righteous manner. Well, then and, now they don't in a wrong manner. And you find that this talk about victimization, I, I know a guy who told me in 1978 or 79 that he couldn't march because he was getting married. Mm. Right? Mm. Well, I've been married 40 years. So, you know, it's foolishness. <laughs> then the fellow tell yeah. me he was concerned about wealth. But yeah. I'm wealthier than him. So you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. Just do what you have to do and don't worry about these things. T today I'm sleeping in Bahama, right? I even yeah. know I sleep in here. <laughs> but I'm somewhere way up there on one floor. Mm. So the point that I make is do what you have to do. Mm. Yeah, because I remember it was a conversation me and you had like two years ago where I was like, how do you keep on, like, you know, with different steps by where people finalizing your properties and burning down your homes and burning down your mm. cars? How does that not sway you from continuing on this path to fight the you know to fight the power you know to fight mm -hmm. for the freedoms of the people mm -hmm. to keep on pressing the issue of we need social reform mm -hmm. and we need to come together against the powers that be to create the atmosphere of change well i'm a kind of man if you put me in 
a cardboard house, I can be comfortable. Mm. Um, I only trying to rebuild because Because I have wife. If I had no wife, I'd never build. Mm -hmm. I feel that, that I, you know. Yeah, so um, mm -hmm. those things really don't affect me. Mm -hmm. I only billing because, you know, your wife, mm -hmm. faithful, put up with all these things. So you have a duty to make sure, particularly as you age, mm -hmm. that you have a comfortable place for your wife. And by extension, if you have children, they have social problems, they have a place to anchor. Mm -hmm. And then I have grandchildren. So you would want a place if... You know, circumstances change in their life. They, mm. they have a place to anchor. But outside of that, um, those things really don't affect me. Um, the only thing I find interesting is that there are criminal suspects mm. um, in the case of my Jeep. Uh, notwithstanding that video evidence has shown six Negro men showing up and carrying out the explosive, and Marvin Dames telling me that it was the easy case to resolve. Mm. Um, you're dealing with a bunch of gangsters. Mm. So nothing has happened. But it doesn't affect me, mm. if you understand my point. And I've used over the years to insulate my wife to the extent that she matches with me, but she keeps a low profile. Mm. And essentially, it's because she's not a politician. Yeah. I'm a politician, yeah. if you see where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. And one of the conditions that we agreed on upon before marriage was that she would not interfere with my politics. And she has been consistent uh, in not interfering. Because mm -hmm. that was one of the things I said to her. I said, now listen, we're going to marry it, but I don't want you to try to change my political thinking mm -hmm. and she has agreed and she's never done that yeah because like what you told me like i took i took that to heart what you told me you told me like what once you have a resolve and you have a goal in mind nothing can really shake you from that like you know you might go through the hills and valleys yeah but like you know once your mind focus on you it, have to have you know? a philosophy yeah that's what you right mm. um once you have a philosophy then nothing can shake you mm. uh the people who are shaken are those who have no political philosophy mm. so you have to first of all start off from a principal position and then once you have that then whatever criminal activities is carried out against you because you have a philosophy, mm. it cannot be shaken. So I'm a man who cannot be shaken. So yeah. my office, they burned that down six times. Wow. My home, do well, my love, mm. they fire, bomb it, but they only burned down my banana tree. Oh. <laughs> finally, they burned down the house. So, you know, those things, um, you know, um, yeah. it really didn't affect me. I mean, there were some emotional 
um, distress. You can say that. Yeah. All right. But essentially, it didn't affect me because um, I can live anywhere. Mm. I can sleep anywhere. All right. Mm-hmm. And so that's it. Well, yeah. So with that, we're about to take a quick break on the next side of everything cool. We're going to get into Mr. Monka, not the political revolutionist, but the most popular talk show host in the Bahamas. <laughs> and we about to get into that on the next side of everything cool. We'll be right back. All right. Hi. This is your favorite zaddy, Lord Jalen Willard from Everything Cool. And this episode is sponsored by uh, Nobody. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Everything Cool, feel free to email us at theoriginalpeoplenetwork at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at theoriginalpeoplenetwork or on Facebook, theoriginalpeoplenetwork. Now back to your scheduled program. All right, so we're back. You know, we had to get into the historical background, being a revolutionary. You know, I feel like sometimes I be radical with the way I think about certain things, however. But then I feel like you know people don't understand, but they are, they probably understand later on when they be like, I see what he was saying. So you know, and I feel like, and I always tell people like I remember I started watching your show. Well, my father put me on to your show because I used to listen to you in the car when he used to pick me up at work. And then I was like, oh, this is how Rodney Monka sounds. And then I remember one day I stayed home from work and then he was in the front room and I was like, oh, he have a TV show now? So I watched the first episode and I was like, okay, I'm sold. To the point where if I had missed an episode in the evening before I go to work, I'd watch the episode. Wow. And then, you know, mm-hmm. so, and I always tell people, well, they'd be like, oh, Rodney, we talking foolishness. Another. I'm like, if you really listen to what he's saying, he really, you know, dropping little information. But it ain't so blatant to where you readily understand it. But you got to know what exactly he's talking about. And then you're like, mm. So let's get into how you got into, you know, broadcast, radio, and television. Because that was a surprise to me moving, you know, coming back home from living abroad for a while. And then all of a sudden, the person that you know as the revolutionary he's now on radio and he's doing a radio station show well you know i've been invited as guests on a number of radio shows over a period of time Hmm. but i think by 95 um global radio i think headed by michelle white Hmm. they invited me to participate on a panel discussion. And from there, I move on to the sports radio. Yes, yes, sir. Right. And afterward, uh, I got a call in April of 2017 from Sabats, who had asked me, well, I think prior to April, maybe Yes, I think March. the show started like right before the elections. Yeah, so. I think by March he called me and invited me to appear on Bodhi's show. Mm. And I I appeared and then by April he invited me to, to a show. Mm. And I accepted the opportunity. And from there, 
it began. Um, I think I began May 1st, 2017. Now, the position that I take is simply this. If I don't know what the facts are, mm -hmm. don't make up the facts. Mm -hmm. Don't lie. Because your credibility is the only thing you have. Your word is the only thing you have. And you're living in an age where people can check the facts quickly. Mm -hmm. um, one of the advantages that I have is I'm speaking about issues that many people aren't aware that I was always present. Mm -hmm. So most things that happened in the last 36 years, I was there. Mm -hmm. So I can speak authoritatively. That is the advantage that I have over young people who are unset with my children, who don't know what I'm talking about, who don't know the history. Mm -hmm. And then, when I was in their age group, I did research. So I decided, let me see what Pinden did in 56, in the 60s. So I read up. So I knew then that on the 22nd of November, 1966, Clement Maynard was protesting outside the magistrate court. So 20 years later, 25 years later, if they raised the question, I was able to say, to her, now you're being hypocritical because you did this on such and such a date. Mm. The average, that's why I tell you I'm smarter than them. Mm. They don't research. Yeah. They're talking and they're talking nonsense. So yeah. when I speak, I speak authoritatively because mm. I was leading the matches. I mm. was instigating it, me and my allies. Mm. There were many things that the, the FNM did in the 80s we instigated because by 77 mm. when the FNM split and I attempted to unite Whitfield and Henry Boswick mm. um, they had a shock they couldn't believe that a grassroots man could come to them to tell them we needed unity and when they couldn't understand we then organized a, smart, a party in 78 called the Workers' Party mm -hmm. that we carried on, but still had little um, affiliation with the FNM. And when the FNM had a split with the late Norman Solomon. Mm -hmm. So you're dealing with a man that many people would not know mm -hmm. what role I played. He was always like a fly on the wall, just observing. Or instigating and mm. orchestrating and or leading like a puppet master well that's not a good word well yeah <laughs> it's inspiring the movement okay In so mm. you wouldn't know that yeah you see where i'm coming from have you yeah. ever you thought about um writing a book yes i mm. have thought about it and i've spoken to a man to do it yeah yeah because i think no one does it better where you're bringing up historical facts and then connecting it with present day ongoings. Yes. And that's why I think, you know, I'd be well informed. I know a lot of people probably watch this show for the comedic element, but okay. it's like, that's why I'd say, if you really understand and know what exactly you're talking about, you can understand, hey, he's saying some things what I, you know, I had questions about, but he really confirmed it. But it's like, if you're not searching for that information, like you saying, People not doing the research right. that you ain't gonna know. You're gonna just think you just talking foolishness. Right. So like, you know. Right. And and therefore, mm -hmm. um, because I was there, 
I can embarrass the Attorney General. <laughs> I can say to him, mine, I can tell them people how you ma, take that chair to lick the woman at the FNM meeting. Oh. <laughs> and he goes silent because mm. he knows that I'm speaking the truth. Mm. Now, how many people know that Attorney General mother pick up a chair to lick somebody? Only, only you would. <laughs> I don't think no one would be like, this exact incident at this day, at this time. Like, you so, know. if you yeah. notice, there are things that I run on with. Mm. And I talk in a strange manner, mm. but nobody bothers with me because they realize I'm waiting for them. Because mm. I was there. That's the point I'm making. If mm. you were participating, right? It's like how your generation, mm. 30 years from now, you'll be able to tell people how much children he got, he ain't tell nobody about. Yeah. If you see where I'm coming from, because yeah. you would know one another from onset for over the years, and yes, you see, okay, I know you did X, right. and Z. So I'm able to say to them, y'all stop that sexual harassment. Mm. Watch me. I'm the only person because the women are coming to me. Mm. They ain't going to Sandra Dane. They're coming to me. Interesting. And so I, I said, you keep quiet, and I'll toy with them. So I placed <laughs> them out for weeks, run on. This one ain't saying nothing. And then after I produce a photograph, yesterday another one approached me saying she's being sexually harassed. Mm. So I asked them, what they eating? I got them so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and see, there's nothing they can do because they know I got the person. Okay, so is that is that the reason why you call yourself the woman, the leader of the woman? Well, essentially, how did um, that come about exactly? Well, essentially, don't mm. forget now. Mm. Um, this whole talk about gender equality is a farce. But you have to be a big thinker mm -hmm. to figure out what was going on. Hubert Ingram, when he first introduced the gender equality bill, was playing politics. Mm. You, uh, when Perry Christie did it. It was a similar thing, and in their, in their both cases, they were being pressed by the international community. So when you hear about gender equality, you have to sit back and ask yourself, now, what do they mean when they say, say gender equality, mm -hmm. right? It's a level of dishonesty. If you want gay marriage, say you want gay marriage. Just come right out and say what you want. Don't try to trick me. Because you play in my hand. There are certain issues that I love. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about gender equality and woman right and man right and the right of the children, then you play in my hand. I do not accept that gender equality means that I must give her husband a foreigner citizenship. Now you may want to mm -hmm. persuade me that perhaps I should do it. Mm -hmm. But don't tell me to make her equal. Because I may tell you, I don't want him to have no citizenship. But what about the other way around? Like, you have a foreign woman and you're him. Well, I didn't create the 1972-73 Constitution, mm -hmm. which makes provision for that. Um, Pendant did that. Now, you might say, well, that discriminates against women. Mm -hmm. And you might be right, but I married a Bahamian woman. Mm. So the hell with that. See how cool I could be? <laughs> All right. Feel, mm -hmm. And then when I look to see who's orchestrating it, 
and the fact that at the level of dishonesty, then I resent it. Um, at the UN, they have something called what? Um, the CEDAW, mm -hmm. something for the elimination of discrimination against women. So I quietly go to CEDAW website to see what they're saying. We need to discover that the things they're talking about is not applicable to the Bahamas. As in terms of what exactly? For instance, um, in certain countries, you brown your woman on her buttocks. Okay. Right? That's why. <laughs> well, we don't brown yeah. brown women <laughs> yeah. on their buttocks, do we? No. no. So no. in certain countries, they cut out the clitoris of the women. We haven't done that in 400 years of slavery. The last time we did that, we were in Africa. Mm. So that is not applicable to us. So what you talking about? So they now try to create something. Because don't forget what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch of educated people mm -hmm. who meets with white people to eat biscuit, drink tea and cheese, and intellectualize. Mm -hmm. And then the white people say, see the behemoth men there? They backward. They are ignorant. They don't want the woman to be free. But the worst mistake you could make is to call me ignorant, because mm -hmm. I will give you what you want and cut your political head off. Mm -hmm. You see where I'm coming from? Yeah. So all of those intellectual women, mm -hmm. I know them. Mm -hmm. You follow? Mm -hmm. So since I know them, been in debate with them 40 years ago, Marion Bettle, me and her debated 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. And one night I say the wrong thing and she correct me all night. And every time I get up, I say the same thing. And she said, oh, no, daddy in the way. And I did that all night. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So my point here is when they then come up with these arguments, they ain't talking to me. They're talking to the weak man. And I decided I was opposing it. Okay. And I beat them. I saved the woman then. You forget the referendum of yeah, yeah. 2016 I, yeah. um, on the, that the PLP did. Mm -hmm. I beat them. Mm. Sean McQueen is the most brilliant man. He said they can provide me with financing. They didn't. Then I asked the public for financing. And people came and bought money. Mm. And when it was all over, I'm not taking sole credit because mm. there were other groups that were in opposition. Mm. But from um, that radio station, uh, the sports radio, we were able to wage a successful campaign culminating in the defeat of the referendum. So that's where the song came from? Which one? Ronnie Monker. Well, um, that is the national anthem of the woman then. <laughs> and so um, I don't, I, I, unashamedly I say you must lead the woman then. Okay. <laughs> now, there are some women and some men oh. who does not like my position. Right? No. But they're being emotional. They want me to accept their position. I'm not accepting their position, but they're free to push their position and I can push mine. I am leader of the woman. I took the woman from them. Don't forget now, mm -hmm. I got the lawyers in the Attorney General office who's reporting to me. Why they ain't telling it to them? Huh? Okay. You woman know, needs a good leader. Isn't that right, Sister Kalma? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I must say I'm a part of the woman now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. 
but uh, by providing a woman with good leadership does not mean uh, that you abuse the woman. Because uh, don't forget, I'm the father of a daughter. Mm. Uh, I'm not advocating that. But there are certain issues which they wish to push upon us. Mm. And I've decided, let me just upset them. Okay. And I'm doing a good job because they can't tolerate me. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm ignorant, I'm uneducated. And finally, now I got a radio show and a TV show where I can wear their backside every day. <laughs> yeah. So, what we talked about before we started was did you, okay, did you think your show would become the national sensation that it is? Um, yeah, in a way, but I had that kind of suppressed. But I always knew that, mm -hmm. um, that look, I understand my people, the Negro people. Mm -hmm. I understand them. So I know how to speak to my people. Mm -hmm. And I understand the young people. Mm -hmm. Do not forget that in the 80s, I closed down high school. So the young people of the 80s are no different from the young people of the 2000s. Mm. There's no young Young people are rebellious. And if you speak to young people in the right way, you provide them with the kind of respect that they're deserving, mm -hmm. and, and you educate them. So I had an option in 83 to encourage CC Sweeting students to burn down the school, because that's what they were threatening to do. Okay. <laughs> and I said, no, man, we can't burn down the people's school. Let's march on pending on the PLP and make them fix it. Mm. And that is what we did. So um, I know how to speak to the people. And I speak from a cultural perspective. Yeah. I don't try to straighten my grammar. Because mm -hmm. everybody who is Bahamian yeah. understand the way I speak. Mm -hmm. If you see where I'm coming from. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what makes it more like, you know, you don't have this radio, but you, it feels like you being realer than real. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's what's you uh -huh. know, captivating the audience. And it's like, all right, I'm I willing to support that because I feel like if he talk like that on TV, I feel like I am going to have a similar conversation just sitting right uh -huh. across from him. So. Yeah, you speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody can understand. Uh -huh. So why say men when we really don't speak that way? Mm. I use the the plural marker them. Mm. You know what them is, right? Them yeah. is more than one, right? Mm -hmm. So man them. I feel Woman that. them. <laughs> Children them. And the that, people them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But if you get hang up mm. over who thinks that you are speaking English incorrectly, I smarter than them because how many of them could say something in the nation Creole? <laughs> huh? As smart as they are. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so was I was I was I had the often like because me being, you know, heavy in media, I'm always when I consume content, I'm always analyzing to understand what makes this work. So like you know, you add in the Haitian Creole element and then you add in the politics and then you have you know, when you go in in a trance and yeah. you playing the music, right? And like you know, adding all them elements, and I'm like, people can't. I think it's all part of genius because it's like you can't come up with this stuff, execute it, and then every week, 
there's some viral video going out to where it's spreading and then people see it and then more people want to come watch the show because then they want to be the first to see something happen again so it's like you know it's it's a level of genius that comes with that well my mm. um maternal grandmother and my mother they were born in eczema mm -hmm. so there are many stories that i've been told um for instance my late Maternal grandmother, Evelyn Clark Cox. Her uh, great grand uncle, according to my grandmother, used to travel to Africa and continue to speak an African dialect. Mm. And in his old age, when her mom, who took care of him, um, wanted him to take a bath and he refused. Mm. And she insisted that he goes in the tub so she could bathe him up. Mm. He curses us out by telling her, gone, you're nothing but a picky teeth, man, Toby. You're nothing but a frying pan. Mm. Now, the rest of my grandmother's grandchildren may have forgotten what she said, but I lived with her. Mm. So I knew all of those obscenities. Okay. And I also knew stories of people in eczema going into a trance. Mm. You see? Mm. And so it dawned on me on a couple occasions on the show that I needed to go into a trance. Okay. And there are many days you may see me. <laughs> Don't mind, I look normal. <laughs> I'm not on the earth. <laughs> I'm in a transitory mood. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, oh, my. Yeah. So you picked the, the, the junkle music too, or that's just something that... Um, I would say to him, either find me a good Junkanoo uh, music. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I might volunteer it. Uh -huh. uh, many times he, figuring out the cultural mood that I'm in, mm -hmm. he picks the right one for me. Oh, uh, man, because like every time when they... Yeah. So I try to um, sprinkle the show mm -hmm. with little cultural talks and... Uh, in many instances, I'm appealing to the older people because mm -hmm. you will find that I have a large following among older people because I take them into transitory modes. <laughs> I think, no, but like I was telling you earlier, like, I don't know if you still, because I remember you used to have a, you still on Twitter? If I'm on Twitter. Yes. So, like, on Twitter, like, yeah, videos, like, that's where I be seeing a lot of the different videos popping up, like, you know, right. because people would either use it in a memeable fashion. So, like, with the millennials that use Twitter, like, you big on there, too. Yeah. Because everybody always looking for a moment to have some laughter or apply something that everybody knows to this to this mm -hmm. moment. Do so you see the videos on the little clips? Um, every now and then, um, I have a friend named Ross Nero Thompson. Mm -hmm. He would draw it to my attention. Sometimes the spiritual advisor, he does. Mm. Yeah. Are yeah. you surprised to see that this went viral or take um, this and put that there? I was not aware of what was taking place. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, it became a surprise to me. Um, I began to pick up when I started going public places. Mm -hmm. And then it dawned on me that something was happening that I was unaware of. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, you can be kind of isolated mm -hmm. and not checking up sufficiently on social media. And these more recent times, um, I wasn't too pleased with Facebook and 
this complaint, next complaint. So I've not been using it that much, mm. even though they're now trying to get me to use it more. Yeah, because like you know, like probably a recent one is uh, like what my coworkers keep on dying about when you was like key 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 key. Key, 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 key. And if it wasn't a sin, I'd tell you, key, 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 your mom. <laughs> like, right. like, stuff like that. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, you know, like, it's like, how I missed the episode. And I think it was, like, you know, one episode where he was like, give me the music. Like, recently. However, I remember watching that episode. So, like, you know, I could watch the episodes now and be like, all right, someone going to cut this <laughs> and send it up. Yeah, like, you know. But it's like, I think that's that's part of the anticipation of the show. And, you know, that's what makes it enjoyable. That's like, I was telling them is I actually put her onto the show. Because she used to call me and be like, okay, this, that, and that. And I'm like, yo, you need to watch this show. And she's like, well, I know. And this and that. I say, like, wait, if you watch the show, you're going to die laughing. Like, it's going to be hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then she, was, she watched the episode, and then it was like, okay, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I think in politics, um, uh-huh. a lot of talk show hosts, they take themselves too seriously. Mm. And you have to learn, as young people, that you have to laugh at yourself. Mm. And do not be upset when others are laughing at you. Mm. So I think I've learned how to laugh at myself. And then I also recognize that uh, politics, and particularly if you're doing you a talk show host, um, there has to be some level of entertainment, mm-hmm. as opposed to how people there just tense and so forth, mm-hmm. right? Um, there has to be entertainment while providing credible information. And like Hubert Ingram tells me when he asks me to be his spokesman, which I jump to be because I just love talking in his name mm. <laughs> an upsetting menace right he says listen um, you can talk even when I didn't tell you subject to one condition do not tell a lie mm. which is important in journalism and yeah. if I'm not a journalist I play journalist yeah you see yeah and that's my way of mocking them well yeah but I think probably a bigger marker is like them videos you know, I just remember another video, like, you know, when you were saying you was hiding from Menace, like, plenty of people be like, when they trying to get away from them, I they play that same clip, I am hiding. I am hiding. Facebook, too. Pardon? I think he went live on Facebook, too, yeah. when he was in hiding. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so it's almost like, you know, you almost, I mean, because we live in this age where we have Bahamian uh, socialites now, but it's like, you're the oldest one. Okay. Or whatever, but it's like you know, so everything you do is like it's memeable, or everybody like you say, kiki kiki kiki. You know, that's that's really the undertone for it. But you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's why I was like, after that conversation two years ago, I wanted always wanted an opportunity to like you know sit down with you and like you know get the whole backstory of how you go about things from the political side to the broadcast side. You know, because I always like to understand how things work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. you know my desire for knowledge always mm-hmm. leads me on that path to try to figure it out well it's, it's always important to have a good appreciation of the history of your country mm. even that history that people think you should not know mm. um, it's important to know that according to historian Christopher Columbus discovered the Bahamas on the 12th of October 1492 notwithstanding that there's this new argument that he could not have discovered it 
because there were people here. Mm -hmm. You still need to know that. Mm -hmm. You need to know as much of the history because it gives you a better appreciation from where the country came from to where it is. Mm -hmm. So if you are armed with that history, if you are armed with the modern Bahamas history, you then get to understand the Brent Seminet. You get to know that Brent Seminet father who was the first Negro premier of the Bahamas, mm. that every year he put in the country's budget work for himself. Mm. And so Brent has inherited that. And so, hence, we have this situation where this country controversy is taking place over the fact that this major conflict of interest, Minis thinks there's none. And he thinks there's none because for five years, when he became Minister of Health between 2007 and 2012, mm. he had a contract for his clinic, Start Care, mm. which he got in 2002 under the PLP. But he was qualified to get it because he was not a member of the parliament. Mm. But five years later, Ingram appoints him Minister of Health, and he could not see that something was wrong for him to be maintaining a contract as Minister of Health with himself. Mm -hmm. You follow my point? Yeah. And that continued um, from 2002 right up to 2017 when he became Prime Minister, and shortly thereafter, Dr. Dwayne Sands announced that he had discontinued it. And when people criticized him, he suggested that his company was separate from him, even though the company was owned by him and his wife. Mm. All right? Mm. So this is a case where in other societies, he would have been forced to resign. But you're dealing with a bunch of Negroes who don't understand the system, don't have no respect for themselves. And then you're dealing with a youthful population who seems not to realize that they have a duty to defend the country mm. by writing on social media, writing letters, and organizing peaceful protests mm. against those things. And the best time to do it is while you are young. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So on that note, I think this was a good episode. <laughs> Carson Negro was thoroughly entertained. I hope you all, you know, Reconciled. <laughs> I think we reconcile. I think we reconcile. You uh, yes. The commas. Yeah. The commas. Yes. The commas. The chairman is not good. <laughs> Carl Kalmer. Yeah. Yeah. So um No, you can press it again. All right. So on that note. We would like to thank Mr. Monka for joining us on an ep another episode of Everything Cool. Um, Carson, thank you for joining me. And we want to thank all our uh, people that allowed us to make this podcast possible, as well as, you know, Sora Lace Productions. Miss um, Rice still in the building, so shout out to Coffee Cafe. I'm telling you, if you need, you know, that spruce in the morning, they do a very interesting thing, you know, Combining the coffee bean with the tea leaf. Coffee tea. Cafe. Arrington Road. And on that note. Well, I, let me thank you for the invitation. Okay. And let me apologize for 
Saturday of last week. So I thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. And I thank the team. All right. So we'll catch you another time. See you later.